This is the Fantasy Fast Track with Brandon Funston and Brad Evans. Ready, set, go! This is a Fantasy Fast Track podcast. I'm Brad the Big Noise Evans, joined by Senior Fun Buns, Brandon Funston from The Athletic. Week 6 is nearly in the books, and we're going to get... Uh, to some primo pickups and uh, what is going to be a hellacious bye week coming up in week seven with Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, the Chargers, Minnesota, and Pittsburgh all on a one-week siesta. But let's reflect on the week that was, Brandon. Biggest week six takeaway for me, and I know you got some choice words to say about this. A lot of people in the Zero RB community doing victory laps uh, because Darrell Williams went off, a couple of touchdowns, top 10 performance. Uh, Khalil Herbert, over 100 combined yards, found the end zone. Alex Collins, over 100 yards on the ground in Pittsburgh against that vaunted Steelers front. He flourished. Juba Hubbard had a nice game as well. Are you suddenly buying into the notion that maybe the zero RB fans could be on to something? Or is this just a product of good old-fashioned luck? Yeah, you know I'm not buying that hogwash. I mean, this has been a better year to be a zero wide receiver person than a zero RB person. When you look at the top 10 wide receivers and you see guys that you could have got in the you know, fourth round and beyond and like uh, Debo Samuel, Marquise Brown, Jamar Chase, Mike Williams. And then you go to the running back side and you look at the top 10. And, you know, outside of getting James Robinson early when, when Travis Etienne was there, like – Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, Ezekiel Elliott, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Aaron Jones, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Swift, James Robinson. Like, again, Kareem Hunt maybe a little bit later, but we know who Kareem Hunt is. And James Robinson without Travis ATM, we know who he is. These guys are all make sense in the top 10. Right. So, and you talk about all these uh, like backup running backs, they're just part time guys. You got to go out and spend decent amount of fab money for like two and three week replacements. What happens in week eight after you've done this? you know, three or four times, you're out of money. You don't have any money left. <laughs> right. And you got these temporary guys that are going away when their incumbents are back. So look at, you got to get a couple guys that you can hang your hat on. Otherwise you're twisting in the wind and eventually you just snap and you're flying away. <laughs> you know, it's, it's over. Yeah. I mean, you're just a kite adrift. Uh, yeah. And like a Category 5 hurricane. So have fun with that <laughs> as you're getting torn to pieces. But yeah, I'm with you, man. Look, uh, it's called cherry picking. And that's what people usually do to fit their narrative. And I think that's what a lot of people in the Zero RB community are adhering to right now. Uh, because it's just yeah, – it's all about surviving the injuries and surviving the roster attrition and turnover as a whole. As I've said before, you know, there is three parts of the fantasy football equation, right? It's the draft. That's one-third. It's trades and transactions. That's the other third. And then the last third is just luck. And, again, it's yeah. that survival method so you know right now i think you're spot on here you know chances are unless you had tremendous foresight like oh i saw uh ch uh you know get rolled up on he was gonna be on this shelf for a while oh i saw that dave montgomery was gonna get hurt oh and guess what damian williams gonna catch COVID. oh you know what i i saw my crystal ball that christian mccaffrey would be on ir and miss a, an extended period of time and two you know chris carson yeah i had that nick injury who, who didn't see that coming I mean, come on, yeah. give me a break. Again, yeah, you're unless you're pick. the guy that, like, drafted Tony Pollard late and took Leonard Fournette instead of, like, a Gus Edwards yep. or a David Johnson. Yep. And then you picked up Cordell Patterson in week one. Unless you're that guy, you're not doing victory laps. No, you're not. Uh, and, and that's what makes fantasy football great. It's unpredictable. 
Brandon, and that's what <laughs> drives the conversation for little podcasts like this one. With that, let's get to it with the Fantasy Five. Number five. All right, as we always do here earlier in the week, uh, we need to focus on trying to plug some of those holes and gaps, uh, whether uh, due to bye weeks uh, or whether due to the injury amp and his menacing bite. So let's start off with some quarterback options. Uh, that you may be willing to stream. So out of this trio, tell me which one uh, would you rather have at the top of your list? Again, with no Josh Allen, no Dak, no Trevor Lawrence, no Justin Herbert, no Kirk Cousins, and I guess Ben Roethlisberger still plays quarterback. Uh, but we do have some you know, two quarterback Superflex leagues that are out there, and these guys are unlikely to be available there unless it's super shallow. But anyway, uh, tell me who you think is the best of this trio. Jameis Winston going up against your Seattle Seahawks, and we got word that Michael Thomas still a few weeks away from returning. He was originally slated to be eligible to come off of IR, but ain't ready yet physically coming off that surgically repaired ankle that he had back in July. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, short week. Uh, he's not going to have Jerry Judy more than likely, but draws Cleveland and a team that's really licking its wounds. We're going to have more on the Browns here a little bit later on the pod. Or do you go with Tua and a matchup at home against Atlanta? Which of those three quarterbacks is at the top of your streaming list? Uh, Tua is, and I've already got a, uh, already got a claim in on him and, and some plans to be using him in a couple leagues. And I would say Matt Ryan coming off the bye is, is someone that I've seen out there as well. And I would put him number two. Uh, ahead of the other two guys you mentioned, I just don't like Teddy Bridgewater's matchup going into Cleveland and then Jameis Winston, like he's a box of chocolates. You just don't know what you're going to get with him. (laughs) So I feel feel like Tua, with a little bit of rushing upside as well, but in a great matchup against Atlanta, they give him 11 touchdown passes in five games, only holding the New York quarterbacks out of the end zone. The other quarterbacks went crazy against them. And just one interception, 11 to one touchdown interception ratio. It's a good matchup. I think Miami's going to win this game. I can't believe that they're not, that they're uh, already two and a half point underdogs at home against Atlanta. What has Atlanta done to become a road favorite against Miami? Yeah, that's that's a head scratcher. Really puzzling yeah. to me. You know what? Uh, I think you make a strong case too. It would be at the top end list, but let me just go ahead and also state the case for Teddy Bridgewater because I do like Teddy Two Gloves in Cleveland. We'll see what you know the weather allows. You never know this time of year. Yeah. It was a little bit breezy there on Sunday, but Cleveland has come unraveled in the secondary. They all of a sudden are giving up the seventh most fantasy points to single callers in the season. 7.46 pass yards per attempt, 243.7 pass yards per game, and a 14-2 to two touchdown interception split. You look at Bridgewater, he's QB 5 and A dot right now, a 9.7, and QB 9 in adjusted completion percentage. Uh, you know, Vic Fangio said it's less than a 50% chance that Jerry Judy's going to be able to return this week, but he's getting the job done with Cortland Sutton and Noah Fan, who had a big game, and our boy Tim Patrick, who he loves inside the red zone. I think this is going to be a multi-TD game for Teddy Bridgewater, along with maybe 250 yards and, you know, chipping an additional 10 to 15 on the ground. So I think he's going to be more than serviceable, but I'm with Brandon. Tua will be a fish out of water. Number four. All right, moving on. Let's get a wide receiver in here. Now, uh, let's talk T.Y. Hilton, and here's the latest on T.Y. Hilton at at tape time. Uh, The organization came out and said he's dealing with a soft tissue issue. Shocking. I know. He comes back. (laughs) uh, He plays 24 snaps. He looked great, by the way. Four targets, four catches, 80 yards, 16.50 ADOT, and then exit stage left uh, and a blowout win against the Houston Texans. 
Uh, but now he's in with his soft tissue injury, and they're saying, well, we're going to give him 48 hours and see if it calms down. And, uh, you know, if he responds positively to treatment, you know, there's still a shot for him to play this week. So knowing the uncertainty with T.Y. Hilton, but we do know that Paris Campbell suffered a significant foot injury. Another shocker. I'm sure you're floored and jarred by that one. Uh, the cupboard's rather bare outside of Michael Pippen and maybe like Mo Ali Cox. I guess Zach Pascal is still there. But if Hilton can get himself right, we get some positive news. You know, are you worth – is it worth a speculative bid of like maybe three to five bucks to see if he is healthy enough uh, here are these next four games uh, because he's at San Francisco, gets Tennessee, gets the Jets and Jacksonville. Some delightful matchups here in the near term. I think it is just because of the other options at wide receiver. This is not a good week to go out in the, you know, in the pool fishing for a wide receiver. I mean, you're going to go after Donovan Peoples-Jones. Alan Lazard! Alan Lazard. Um <laughs> Gosh, what was I looking at here? Jamal Agnew? I mean, a former special oh. teamer, a five foot ten or whatever he is. Like he keeps popping up. I guess we're gonna have to talk about him eventually, but we know who T.Y. Hilton is, and he lives in a world of soft tissue questionability. <laughs> yeah. But when he's on the field, we like him. So and I like Carson Wentz the way he's been looking lately. He's throwing the ball pretty well. So uh, yeah, I would I would say a three to five speculative bid if I'm in in a tough spot. You know, again, this is a six six team bye week so there's going to be people in tough spots this week i'd be interested in ty yeah there's some bed bugs potentially at the hilton but uh if they could get <laughs> flushed out in time yeah he could be wide receiver three worthy under the prime time lights on sunday night in san francisco number three all right brandon let's move on uh and let's talk here uh, a couple of tight ends uh you know a lot of people have needs a lot of people have multi-flex leagues so these guys could be plug and play options for you i'm gonna give you two options ricky seals jones i which i looked up i don't know if you knew this do you know that he's cousins with eric dickerson whoa that's crazy yeah the uh, eric dickerson they're cousins i had no idea uh oj howard is the other one so let me give you a little background RSJ here last couple of games, 15 targets, 9 catches, 99 yards, and a TD. He's played at least 59 snaps in those three straight contests. And O.J. Howard uh, out of cold storage with Gronk Shelby. We have no idea when he's going to be back. Seven targets, six catches, 49 yards, and a TD in Philadelphia. Uh, as O.J. and Tampa get Chicago at home this week. And the Bears really struggled defending the tight end at times this year, although they looked pretty good last week against Robert Tunyon. Uh, but RSJ and the fighting footballs, uh, oh, speaking of the Packers, that's who they get on the road this week up there in Lambeau. So, uh, you know, give me your thoughts on RSJ and OJ Howard, any kind of fab bid for either one of these guys. Um, I'm going to go Ricky Seals as my favorite of the two. I feel like Gronk, who was t- the talk was that he was getting close last week for the Thursday night game. I feel like there's a chance he could play against Chicago in week seven. Um, but if not in week seven, then probably week eight. So I think Ricky Seals Jones, who each time I watch this guy, he's getting targeted in the end zone. It's not always working out for him, but sometimes it is. He's basically be- taking the Logan Thomas role. So um, and he's being used like that. So I, I like Ricky Seals Jones. I would bid a little bit more on him than OJ Howard. I don't think OJ has quite as long a staying power as Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah, I'm with you there because we, you know, due to the uncertainty with Gronk, we have no idea when he's going to be back. I do like RSJ uh, because Thomas is IR'd and he's been impressive and, and Taylor Heineke has trust in him. Uh, it's very evident based on the, you know, again, 15 targets he's had last couple of games. 
Uh, very appreciable, too. 6.92 yak per reception, averaging 11.42 yards per catch. And the next couple of games are at Green Bay, you get Denver, then you get the bye week. And maybe Logan Thomas can come back off that hamstring injury after the one-week siesta. But if you're looking for a plug-and-play option, again, desperate times, call for desperate measures. So three to five bucks at RSJ. Number two. All right, Brandon, let's uh, talk the rookie wide receiver at the University of Minnesota, E. Uh, that former Golden Gopher, Rashad Bateman. There was a lot of buzz, a lot of excitement in Baltimore and in the fantasy community for him to make his season debut. And he came out and contributed some meaningful numbers. Uh, may not have really showed up at the box score, but played 45 snaps, had six targets, four catches, 29 yards against the Chargers, an unfriendly foe. You get Cincinnati this upcoming week. Uh, you know, Bengals rank middle of the pack in terms of most yards allowed at the wide receiver position. Then after that, you get the bye. Then you get Minnesota. We just learned that Patrick Peterson is on injured reserve with a hamstring injury. And then you get Miami, and they have been just crushed by injuries to Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. Maybe they're getting healthy a few weeks down the road. But right now, a phenomenal on-paper matchup. Are you excited about Bateman? If you are, how much are you willing to spend? I'll tell you, like if T.Y. Hilton was 100% healthy, I'd be more excited about T.Y. Hilton than Bateman. I like I like Bateman's talent, and I think this Baltimore Ravens passing game is is much better than I expected them to be. I know they made a concerted effort to to make it this way, and Lamar Jackson's looking good uh, most of the time. Still, still a couple bad throws here and there, but for the most part, he's looking really good. But I think he's Bateman's gonna have a hard time cracking the top two of this passing game right now. I think it's Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. And so it's the number three option in a, you know, I, I don't think I'm at the point where I'm ready to trust this Ravens passing game week in and week out, especially the number yeah. three option there. So I'd probably rank it T.Y. Hilton ahead of Rashad Bateman, but it might be somebody I would be willing to put a contingency bid in if I was af- going after T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, and look, if you're uh, in dire need of a wide receiver, like 7-Eleven bucks, uh, I think at a 12-team league for Rashad Bateman, it seems fair to me. And you're right. It's going to be up and down. It's going to be wildly unpredictable because this is still an offense that's predicated on the ground, Lamar Jackson's uh, dynamic duality. But he will have his moments. And I love this yeah. tape at Minnesota. Guy was getting you oh, know, yeah. consistent separation, had very reliable hands, ran sharp, precise routes. And, you know, he got a little taste of that against the Chargers last week. So, ton of upside there for Bateman, a guy that could make some noise later on this season down the home stretch. Number one. All right, let's go to Cleveland. Let's try to figure out this stupid damn mess uh, at <laughs> running back. Uh, you know, we're hearing that Ronald Jones could be on the trade block. We knew that Marlon Mack was. And, you know, if there are some long-term injuries here, we know it is for Kareem Hunt. Uh, he's going to go on short-term IR, so he's out for a minimum of three weeks. We'll see about Nick Chubb and if he can get back on the field on Thursday. But as it stands now, and again, knowing how foggy this situation is, but you got the short week with Denver coming to town, what do you do with Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton? Uh, what, what's the bid here for either one of those guys? Yeah, I was just looking up. Uh, there's, I mean, there's, you know, it's Zeke, it's Dalvin Cook, it's Najee Harris, it's Austin Eckler, James Robinson, and Zach Moss, all guys that are, uh, I believe, top 20, or Zach Moss is maybe a little bit outside of that, but at the running back position. So, yeah, a one game of Dearness Johnson, if he's the guy, you have to go after that. I mean, I'm going to be interested in that for one game. I know I have lots of Zeke, and I'm having a hard time, you know, putting out a serviceable lineup. So, <laughs> yeah. Dearness Johnson – for a week seven plug and play, 
I don't know if you can go more than 10, but you, you're hoping to get it and you might have to a little bit overpay just to make yeah. sure you can get viability this week. So interested there for sure. If I was playing the long game, I might be more interested in somebody like a Ramondre Stevenson, because I think yep. he's starting to, you know, you, you put the pot on boil and you see those little tiny bubbles that start yeah. and before it get the full on boil. I feel like Ramondre Stevenson is going to elevate himself into like a, 60 40 or 65 35 split with Damian Harris and that's a backfield and a team that probably wants to run like a Cleveland style where they're running a lot and playing good defense and minimizing the volume of their of their rookie quarterback well the other thing that really stood out with Ramondre Stevenson for me is the fact that he was catching balls three for 39 if he's going to be the guy on like the third down guy yeah we're absolutely in on that and he could be the goal line guy they pulled Damian Harris after a couple runs he might have been tired but, you know, that should have been Damian Harris's touchdown that Ramon J. Stevenson got. He just came in and, and plowed it in there. So we've seen Belichick lean on like a LeGarrette Blunt type, which he's been compared to. Uh, and like it's just a straight goal line role as well. It could be the he could be the scavenger there. Yeah, well, carries. you get the Jets this week too at home. So you know yeah. a lot of appeal there for Ramondre Stevenson. So if he's still available, and I know we featured him on the pod, I think last week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'd be throwing out probably ten to fifteen bucks, and it's probably gonna take every bit of that to get Dearness Johnson. Uh, and if Nick Chubb and, and maybe they you know rested him for precautionary reasons, knowing they were gonna have the short week, and he can come out and and play and get his customary you know twenty plus touches. If that is the case, you know Johnson can maybe slide into Kareem Hunt's prior role, get around seven to ten touches, but that's not worth ten to fifteen. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, just right. It's I mean, it's just so uh, unpredictable right now. What's gonna happen in Cleveland? And the matchup's not great either. As Denver's allowed just three point seven five yards per carry. And the seventh fewest fancy points to the running back position, though Johnson on 33 rush attempts last season, a laudable 3.00 yak per attempt. So listen, uh, moral of the story is this. If you want to spend 10 to $15 on a running back, go get Ramondre Stevenson first. And I think your contingency then is Dearness Johnson. But somebody's likely, probably that Kareem Hunt backer or Nick Chubb uh, backer as well, going to slap the wall a little bit harder as a result. All right, before we get out of here, Brandon, uh, real quick, you know, let's talk Washington because Antonio Gibson went to MRI. He may miss some time, according to the coaching staff. We don't know as of yet. J.D. McKissick's over 50% rostered right now in Yahoo Leagues. So he's only for the real shallow-minded that's out there. Jared Patterson, uh, somebody of interest. Rashad Penny as well, somebody of interest. As Pete Carroll came out and said, uh, a broken butt cheek is essentially what Alex Collins had. It was a glute slash hip. Uh, but Penny is uh, coming off of IR this week. We know that Chris Carson is on injured reserve. Uh, we You do have a little bit of extra rest here because it's a Monday night game against New Orleans, though it is a a you know pretty bleak matchup because the Saints have bottled up the running back position. But Patterson, Penny, just your general thoughts on those two guys. Again, if you're really seeking some running back assistance in this hellish bye week. Yeah, the, the thing that kind of gets me not too excited about Patterson is that I think McKissick, you know, he's talked about bulking up to be the main carry. He would be. So Patterson probably is in a complimentary role. And this week against Green Bay, that might seem okay. But then you get at Denver, bye week, Tampa Bay, at Carolina. That's not a great next month, you know. And at some point, Antonio Gibson's coming back anyway. So I don't know how much of an opportunity Jared Patterson's going to have to show well. Rashad Penny, if he's, if he's paired to Alex Collins – 
I can see that end up being like a straight platoon, like a 50-50 almost, where Collins is their guy between the tackles, but Rashad Penny with his speed working to the edges and and probably working more in the passing game. So um, I if I'm breaking down the two, I might just go ahead and, and just play the more of the lottery ticket in, in Rashad Penny. Yeah, I'm with it there, and he's saying this as objectively as possible, folks. As yeah. a Seattle guy, you know me, <laughs> I reverse jinx. I'm I'm negative about Seattle probably more than most. Well, I lo- I've always liked Rashad Penny when he's been healthy, and he you know he has yeah. shown a flashes of being an explosive running back. You know, and of course at San Diego State, he he was breaking like Marshall Fox records. So I mean, yeah. the guy's got talent, just not been able to stay healthy. So yeah, Penny's a guy you know worth seven and eleven bucks. Uh, Patterson, you know, I'd probably be a little bit lower on, but that, of course, means you didn't get Stevenson or Dearness Johnson. And that is a wrap on this edition of the Fantasy Fast Track Podcast. Please follow Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. Follow me there at Noisy Huevos. Please drop us a rating and a review. It helps out our little program tremendously. And as always, until next time, adios, amigos. 